this is the first time that I've had the opportunity to speak at the 9am. So I'm gonna start with my mihi. Um, because that is how I would start if I was lecturing or if I was speaking um, to people. So, Tina koutou katoa, ko otomotai te whenua tupu, ko tauranga moana te kainga, ko moao te monga i runei taku nā kou, ko waikato te awa i mahia ne aku maharahara. I mihi ana ki nga tuhu o nehi o mongatapu o tauranga moana i noho nei au. He tangata te tiriti a hau. Ko e roi toku papa, ko rawania toku mama, ko matu toku tāne, ko Rebecca Thomas a hau. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, katoa. Thanks, guys. Welcome to those of us that are in this space. Welcome to those of us that are joining us online. It's so great to have you here this morning. We've been in a conversation over the past few weeks called How to Pray. And it's been based on this really great book called A Simple Guide for Normal People by Pete Gregg. And we've looked at the acronym of PRAY, P-R-A-Y. P standing for pause, being still. Ah, rejoice, adoration and celebrating the fa- who God is, the Father. A, ask, asking, prayers that ask for both ourselves and inter- intercessory prayers for other people. And why yield, contemplation, listening and restoration. We've heard so far about unanswered prayers and how we continue to be in relationship with God when things aren't what we hoped for or when they don't make sense. Today, we focus on prayer as a conversation, a corridor, with us having a part in both speaking and listening. So as we enter into this topic today, I invite you just to take a moment to pause, to re-centre your scattered senses from the past week from the busyness of getting yourself here today, from the music, from the people sitting alongside you, and focus on what you can hear. Take a breath. What can you hear in this moment? Perhaps it's a child making a sound, moving on their seat. Perhaps someone's making a grunt noise or blowing their nose. Perhaps you can hear the hum of the speaker. Or maybe a drip from the aircon. Perhaps you've learnt to block all these noises out and you're simply hearing your own breath and my nasal kiwi twang from the microphone. What can you hear? Years ago when I was a teenager, there was a radio station kind of game called Guess the Sound. For you that are maybe a little bit older like me, you might remember it. And people would ring up and try to guess these unusual sounds and they'd win prizes live on the air. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? A few of us, a few of us. I was always really intrigued 
that noises could be heard differently in different ways. One person would hear a chainsaw, another person would hear a food blender, someone else thought it was an animal barking or paper being cut up. We all hear differently. Today we're focusing on hearing and listening. My hope is that like this guess the sound game, we all may hear different things and that you may discover some new ways of listening and that this would deepen your connection with the Father and his presence in your life. Let me pray. Father God, Heavenly Dad, thank you that we are all here in this space today. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear your heart for us and help us to actually listen to what you want us to say and what you want to say to us. In your son's name, Jesus, amen. The part of the Lord's Prayer that we've been focusing on for this week is back to the ask, which I thought was really weird when I first heard it. I was like, well, haven't we already done that? but it's reciprocal because it's a conversation. So this part of the Lord's Prayer is give us our daily bread. We're listening in that daily interaction of conversation with the God. I was reminded this week of a conversation I had a couple of years ago with an old work colleague who wasn't a Christian and she was going through some hard things and she said, oh, you know, Rebecca, I, I know you you know, you know this God, could, could you pray? And I was like, yeah, of course I can. But you can too, it's not weird language, you just have a conversation, hey God, Father. Um, she said, no, 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 but you've got his direct dial number. <laughs> you know, you're a Christian. And I, and I joked with her about, um, well, you know, you could just dial 0800, talk to God. I tried that this morning again, 0800 It just goes to a not in service. So don't try it afterwards. <laughs> but for some of us, hearing and listening is a little bit like that. We, we might have a phone call just for emergencies. And I bought this one because this is how large cell phones actually used to be. <laughs> the old brick phone. My kids said to me, Mum, you might have to explain to people what that is. So if you've never seen one of these, this is what a cell phone used to look like. Yeah, Motorola, absolutely. Now we have these things, they're nice and fit in our pockets. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes for some of us, hearing and listening is like a phone call, we just dial for emergencies. Some of us, it's like Wi-Fi, there's a constant connection in the background, but we might not necessarily be connected to it. We might not be listening to it. For others, hearing God's voice might be something that you've read about, but you haven't really experienced for yourself. For others, you might hear him best away from people, away from noise, away from technology and connection. Maybe when you're connected with nature, when you're outside, walking on the beach or in the water. In 1 Samuel 3, we hear the story of Samuel, who is apprenticing with Eli. 
and he's being taught to listen. Now, I did have the amplified version, which is really long and wordy, and I love it. Um, But for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole lot out to you today. You can look it up yourselves. But it's from 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel was attending to the service of the Lord under the supervision of Eli. The word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. Visions, that is, new revelations of divine truth, were not widespread. Eli was going to sleep. He wasn't quite asleep. I read this this week and I was really shocked that he actually slept beside the Ark of the Covenant. I was like, man, that would be a cool place to sleep. And the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am, you called for me. But Eli said, no, I didn't. Lie down, go back to sleep. The Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel got up and he went down to Eli and here I am, you've called for me. No, I didn't. Go back to bed. Any parents in here have this kind of, you know, (laughs) mum. This part of the scripture stood out to me. Now Samuel did not yet know or personally experience the Lord. And the word of the Lord was not yet revealed directly to him. So the Lord called Samuel a third time. And he stood and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called for me. And Eli said, no, I didn't. Go and lie down. And then he said to Samuel, Eli cottons on then. Oh, maybe it's God. So he says to him to go and to speak and say your servant is listening. And so God comes back again. Samuel, Samuel. And he answers, speak for your servant is listening. The idea of knowing God's voice is something that speaks to connection and relationship. Sometimes it's something we have to be taught, like Eli teaching Samuel how to listen. Hearing leads to knowing. Knowing invites listening. And listening offers becoming other than who we were. I love seeing all these parents up here. And I was reminded of mine and Matt's parenting journey started Um, Our twins are nearly 18 this year, and when they were little, we could quite easily distinguish between their two cries. We could could hear that was Jemima, that was Matilda. But it took me a while to be able to distinguish all of the different cries of each of them. That was something that I had to listen really carefully for. Oh no, that's just Jemima, she's just a bit annoyed because she's tired and she just needs to go to sleep, just leave her. Oh, that's Tilly. Probably need to change her nappy. Oh my gosh, they're both starving. Yep, I'm coming. (laughs) Developing this kind of listening helped me to become a mother that could respond to each of their needs quickly and individually, which meant I had more sleep and didn't go insane. 
Dietrich Bon... Matt just says, well, that's to be determined. <laughs> Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, just as a child learns to speak because his father speaks to him, we learn to speak to God because God has spoken to us and speaks to us. In John 10, 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. There's something there about hearing, listening, knowing. Relationship, connection. I'm so thankful for stories like Samuel, where God persisted in calling him. Because what that tells me is that when I, my tarangas aren't quite tuned into him, he's gonna keep talking. And eventually I hear him. In te reo, the word whakorongo is translated as to listen, to hear and obey. What I love about this word is the first part of it, whaka, is a causative prefect or an activator. And it activates the noun and makes it a verb. That's the first part of the word. Rongo is associated with our senses hearing, but it's also the Māori personification of peace. Whakorongo. We use that when we say listen. But we could also say let's activate peace. So in order to activate peace, we close our mouths and we engage our ears in the act of listening. For some of us, that's all you needed to hear today. Whakorongo, listen, hear and obey. God speaks, but we don't just listen with our taranga, with our ears. We listen through our own lived experience and relationship. When we were doing the, um, the week about unanswered prayer, that was difficult for me. I don't know about some of you. When we're doing the week where, you know, how do I hear, you know, this is about hearing God and listening to God. Well, how do I know who, God's voice? What if I get that wrong? In my role counselling, and teaching counselling students to tertiary students, I've noticed that different people can live the same event and have a different experience. I'm gonna say that again. People can live an event and have a different experience. I've come to this idea that we don't just hear with our ears, we hear through discourse. We hear through taken for granted assumptions that we have about the world, about ourselves, about whānau, about family, about God, about society. Rabbi Samuel ben Naamani said in the third century, so it's a pretty old quote, we do not see things as they are, we see things as we are. Why might this be important for us? 
when we're talking about listening. Because it helps us to understand why we might interpret things the way that we do. Why I might hear one word and somebody else interprets that and it means something different to them. Because then we can choose to consider or reconsider our ideas alongside our hearing and listening. What's actually the difference between hearing and listening? Hearing is passive. It happens all the time. You're hearing stuff right now, not just my voice talking. You're hearing things in the background. It's, it's passive, it just happens. It's the perception of sound through the ear. Your eardrum reverberates, you hear the sound waves. We're hearing all the time. Listening, however, is active. It's conscious, it's intentional. It's an intentional act of perceiving the sound and making meaning. When we listen, it leads to understanding and learning. You must hear to listen, but you need not listen to hear. Jesus said in Matthew, Mark and Luke, give them ears to hear. In Mark 4.23, he says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. Jesus was saying that hearing, using our ears, is more than just hearing. It's paying attention to what we're hearing. That's what listening is. Hearing has a lot to do with how we see things, though. How we see God the Father, how we see life. Our perspective offers a lens that we translate that hearing of sound into meaning-making and understanding. When his disciples asked him, how should we pray? Jesus said, our Father. He didn't say, my Father. He said, our. It was a collectiveness, our. That speaks to relationship and Fano to me, our. Then he said, Father. That, Jesus invited us into connection and with a parent. Ooh, Rebecca, where are you going with this? What does that mean for us, that word father, papa, dad? How does, how does how we see God the Father affect how we hear him? What differences might it make if our own dad was not around, was not trustworthy, if anger or violence was part of our home? What difference might it make if we experienced never being good enough, not being able to do anything right? How might that affect how we listen or hear God? Imagine, just for a moment, that you see a sign driving down the road and it says, fine for parking. Fine for parking. If you see the world as a warm, friendly place, you might park there thinking, what a thoughtful thing that somebody's put a sign to say, it's fine for parking. 
fine for parking. We've got some people in our small group that, that they would do that. Um, that's a bit of an inside joke, sorry. If perhaps you're more a f- more fearful or cautious person, you might avoid parking in that space in case you got a ticket. Fine for parking here. How we see things influences the meaning we make of the world. Have a look at these images on the screen of different fathers or different ideas of God the Father. How do you personally resonate or connect with one of those? How would that affect your hearing of our Father? As we move on to the next part of the conversation, may I ask that you hold these images and begin to be having that internal conversation with your Father God of how you see him. God speaks, how do we hear him? So Mason Jury in the, in the 80s created a kaupapa Māori model of health called Te Whare that's been embraced throughout Aotearoa and educational institutions to speak to hauora or holistic health and how we're not just our tīnana, our body, as one part, but that we hear we are a being that is made up of different parts. And for me, that helps me make sense of how I hear God, and it also helps me make sense of that I don't hear in isolation. So Te Whare is a model that looks at tinana, our physical body, our physical self, our hininaro, our mind, emotions, our thoughts, wairoa, our spirit, that connection with the Holy Spirit, that bigger than us, Fano, community, family, friends, our support networks. And we're situated on the whenua or the land where we come from. And just as God has created us uniquely, so he communicates with us in a unique way. How did you first connect with God? How did you first hear him? Maybe you've never heard him. And you're thinking, what are you talking about, Rebecca? I often find that God is just in my casual conversations. He listens to them and he receives them as prayers. He's with me in the mundane. Romans 12 verse 1 says, place your life before God. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Our ordinary, everyday lives. It's in these ordinary, everyday life moments 
where God speaks. And I want to come back to that, the pictures of, um, of those dads and share a little bit of a story. Matt and I were um, driving home from church when our kids were really little. Um, I think we had three under three. Matt's mum was um, dying of cancer at the time and I remember just having a real honest conversation with him in the car and just saying, this is crap. And a few other words probably. And I heard God interrupt me and say, I know, I see you. And here's something I prepared a little earlier. And we're driving down the Mongatapu Bridge and on the left, these dolphins jump out and do some kind of little circus act. And I said to Matt, did you see that? Or am I having a hallucination? <laughs> He's like, no, we, we saw them. And we kind of had a bit of a joke. Um, little chuckle about God's sense of humour. I'm not a dolphin fan. Um, I'm not super connected to the ocean. Sorry to all the porpoise and beach lovers out there. But I know that God knows that I love gifts. That's how I receive His love. And He couldn't interrupt me with a flight somewhere or a bunch of white flowers, not jubras. But in that moment, a tangible gift He could give me was this ridiculous dolphin show. He interrupted me with a playful moment and he helped me to see some humour in a really hard time. But I think that comes back to how I see the Father. Every morning my dad would be at the kitchen table with his breakfast, Radio Rima blaring, doing his devotion. He was funny. He was, always had a joke. One of my favourite photos of him, he was a drain layer, so you know, that's where I get my great legs from. And he wore these denim stubby shorts with really big high, you know, fluffy wool socks. And at the time I was really into ballet, ballet, and so were my two sisters. And I've got this photo of my dad with his leg right up <laughs> outside the table. And it fills me with joy even just telling you about it. Um, but my idea of Father God comes from a dad who invited a relationship of connection, fun and playfulness. So when my heavenly dad sent me some dolphins, it was funny. <laughs> he knows that they're not my thing, but he knows that I know that he knows that dolphins are not my thing. <laughs> Hearing his voice and listening to his heart was not hard for me. But perhaps hearing and listening to the Father might be a little bit more complex for you. I invite you to consider how you might pray and ask the Father God to show you more of the truth of who He is. So perhaps you can listen to Him in a new way. We hear God through the Bible, through dreams and visions, through counsel and common sense in personal reflection and in action. It's not just one way to hear Him. It's not one way that He speaks, but it requires an intentionality 
of us in action and how we listen. I've got about another 15 pages of notes. Um, what I wanted to share with you, just because she's one of my heroes, Karen Barad, in her seminal text, Meeting the Universe Halfway, talks about quantum physics, matter and entanglement. I know, I've, I've, some of you have switched off now. I'm coming back to something. <laughs> she uses this term interaction, where she talks about the reciprocity of exchange between matter human matter and non-human matter. Where am you going with this, Rebecca? I'm going to the Bible. She offers us this theory that when we read the Bible, it reads us. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, the Word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energising and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. It is living and powerful. And as such, we should engage with it in a way where we take a posture of praying through the text, not just reading it, praying it. And I'm inviting you this week to take up that idea that Scripture is the beginning of a conversation and prayer is our response. If you're feeling in a place where you don't really feel like you're hearing this God, begin with Scripture. Begin with going to the Bible. Read one sentence. Read it again. Pause. Wait. What jumps out to you? Is there an image or a metaphor that fits with that word? Is there a question being asked as you read? Is it encouragement being offered? Does it move you into something else? or to someone else. Reread the Scripture again. Pause and wait. There's a whole bunch of resources online that you can use to follow that idea with Lectio Divina where you go through and you read Scripture in a way. But if that's all that you do this week, I guarantee that God will speak to you. You just actually have to listen. If anyone wants to know all the personal stories I haven't shared with you, I can have a conversation at a later date. <laughs> I think it's really interesting when, when you're speaking about hearing and listening. Man, really listening to what God's actually wanting to say this morning is, is not what I've written here. <laughs> so my, my hope is that as we come around the communion table, that maybe one of the words that I've verbally articulated or one of the words that I haven't said but has resonated with your spirit is sitting with you. And as you come to communion this morning, I invite you to think back about those images of the Father, our Father, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. When we come to communion, we're coming to the Father God who sent His Son Jesus. That He would die so that we could have relationship with our Heavenly Dad. And as you come and take a cracker and some juice, would you ask? Would you ask your heavenly dad, have I got some ideas and some thinking that maybe you might need a change? Have I got a way of seeing you that stops me hearing and listening how you would like to speak to me? and pause and wait and listen. As we come to the end of our korero, I'd like to offer you this whakatau aki. He hirawa te korero, he kaura te whakarongo. Speaking is like silver, but listening is like gold. May I pray for you? Father God, thank you. Thank you that you keep talking to us even when we haven't learned to recognise your voice yet. Thank you that you speak to us when we're walking along the beach, when we're driving our cars, when we're making dinner, that you're in the mundane. And thank you, Father, that you also give us weird moments like dolphins that remind us how amazing and spectacular you are. Father, as we come to this time of communion, would you give us ears to hear you? Would you give us eyes to see you in a different way? And Father, would you help us to listen and obey? In your precious Son, Jesus' name, Amen.